Happy Monday. Welcome to the sneak preview. I'm Connor Zagari. I'm Caleb Roger. And today we're discussing two of this past weekend's releases, Michael Bay's new heist thriller Ambulance and the video game movie sequel Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, we'll also both be spotlighting one additional movie each in what is sure to be a jam-packed episode. But first, let's see what happened last week in film. Last week in film. Not a lot, turns out. Everybody's still talking about Will Smith. Uh, it's kind of overshadowing everything else. And the Oscars are taking action. Uh, so let's get this out of the way. Following his actions at the 94th Academy Awards, Will Smith has been banned from attending the Oscars for 10 years. Some are calling this a just punishment. Others are calling for Smith to FedEx his best actor Oscar back to the Academy and go away forever. Uh, can't please some people. Uh, Ten-year ban. Do you think this is uh, this is enough? Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been on the mind that even though I don't, you know, I've never actually agreed to him having to give away his uh, I'll give back his his Oscar. I've even though I highly disagree with the way he handled the situation and all that stuff, and you know the. I definitely disagree with people that think, you know, oh, he's just defending his, his woman's honor and blah, 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 all that stuff. Not saying I disagree with defending your woman's honor, just not in that way. Um, don't, I, no, I've never agreed. I've, at the same time, never been like, oh, he should give up his Oscar. No, let him have his Oscar. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm just glad to see the Academy doing something since, like, it was looking like they weren't doing anything. And I know they were trying to justify it by saying, like, well, Chris Rock didn't want us to kick him out. Well, I'm like, it doesn't matter. He should have been kicked out. Then the day, that's ultimately what should have happened. And then, you know, you do what you do. But you guys at least doing something finally and recognizing, like, you were fucking idiots for just allowing the show to go on in that case. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take this. Ten-year ban, let's be honest. I think kind of like how Leo finally got his, you know, career Oscar. I don't. I honestly don't see Leo getting another one just because with how the Academy works. If you get a career Oscar, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I've never going to give you another one for every fucking reason. Um, Smith has his career Oscar now. Even if he comes back in ten years when he's in his sixties, I I just don't see him getting another one anyway. Yeah, it just. I understand why you know some people wanted stronger consequences because. This is, uh, I think, you know, they missed the boat for actual consequences when they just let him sit back down and fuck up the vibe of the, of the show. Well, that's what uh, I'm saying. No matter what, that's what should have happened. But. but I also think, you know, if I think it's fucked up that uh, like Roman Polanski and Harvey Weinstein still have Oscars and they want Will Smith to send his back like that. I mean, I not, does the punishment fit the crime here? I don't think so. I do not understand people that are really trying to say we should forgive Polanski. Like, when did that become such a huge movement? I'm like, that man raped. Like, no. Yeah. He raped a 13-year-old girl. Like, a, yeah, he's a, he's a monster. Uh, and I, th- I think it's interesting the Academy awarded him Best Director like 30 years after the rape when he was a fugitive from U.S. Justice. <laughs> So, that, yeah, yeah. Now that's the case. He should not have ever gotten an Oscar, or ever yeah. been allowed to be nominated. Yeah, you know, I should be like you know, if 
in the United States, if you're convicted of a crime, you're not allowed to run for public office. I don't think you should be allowed to be nominated for awards either. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's like serious. I mean, if you're, you know, up for a drug charge, <laughs> fuck it. We've all been there. But rape, murder, assault, that stuff. Yeah, fuck you. You're out. Yeah, something. Yeah, that's why I could never. God, I could never be like an Academy Award member if, for some reason, that ever was offered. My, it won't. Hmm. So I know that I'm aware. But if it would, I'd be like, no, because I'd be on the. I'd be the only one ever going. Why are we nominating this person? You know they raped someone, right? All right, now I'm. I'm not putting my vote in. Nope, not putting my vote in. I have to just constantly be butting heads with them about shit like this. If I ever get the honor of becoming an Academy Award or an Academy Board member, and I get to make these decisions i'm I'm bringing you with me just just for laughs just just so you can butt heads with these guys i hate you oh like you wouldn't love saying this shit to these people's face oh i would <laughs> the moment like oh god if i had been on there when will smith that's thought to be like oh we're not gonna remove him we're just gonna let him go on we're just we don't know what to do fucking remove him that's what you do i keep thinking like, i keep imagining a scenario where like chris rock Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, Kevin James, and David Spade just beat the living fuck out of Will Smith. <laughs> mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, kind of. I do love all the memes that pop up with that. They always show them, like, as a squad. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> ah, anyway, hopefully this is the last time we have to talk about this fucking fiasco, but it's still not going away. It's on magazines. It's all over the website, like on online everywhere. It's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, has anyone ever like been legit that's like assaulted like this on the Oscars before? Which is probably why it's going the way it is. I mean, I don't think this has ever happened on the Oscars. No, because people don't usually commit assault on live television. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I honestly, in the, like in the history of television, very few people have seen that level of red and just gone for it. Yeah. I did yeah. look into it. The Oscars have revoked one, one statue in, in history. And um, it was for the stupidest reasons. It was a documentary that came out in, like, it was a documentary that was awarded in 1969, I think. And the, the statue got revoked because they found out that it had actually come out in 1967. It, it fucked with some bylaw. So they're like, no. That's the only Oscar that's been revoked. So clearly, like, you can beat, you can attack somebody at the Oscars, but God forbid you smudge the date of your film's release. <laughs> it's, a, it's an arbitrary, ridiculous, weird kind of cadre of, you know, people kind of filating themselves and giving art a status. So... It's all laughable. It's all ridiculous. Yes, we have a show that celebrates these movies, but like the Oscars themselves make no fucking sense. It is tr- truly amazing. Yeah. The board members that, you know, sometimes like, like as much as I love like film and like especially horror films, and actually I'd play this more for big budget, like actual Hollywood films and not the horror uh, community of actors and directors and stuff. Cause they tend to be on, a much more down-to-earth level than yeah. Hollywood. Probably because most of them aren't like Hollywood levels of rich in that particular genre. That's um, true. But what in God's good name have you been doing with your teeth? Oh, nothing. I got a, 
got a popcorn kernel stuck in my teeth from popcorn earlier today, seeing everything everywhere all at once. But go on. Okay. I've been doing <laughs> this for a while. I'm like, what is going on? But, uh, you know, it's, it's like whenever there's a time to get reminded that those fuckers live on a whole different planet, apparently, than yeah. we do. It's when shit like this goes on and how they respond. And I'm just like, oh, my God. That's why it was always like funny to me when I was seeing people online. Like I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago when they were like, "Man, if my man did that, oh, he did that night." I'm like, "No, no, no, you're a fucking idiot." Because if your man did that, they're not Will Smith. They're not a fucking you know Hollywood superstar like millionaire. The cops won't rate for Chris Rock to give them the you know green light, red light. They're going to fucking get their ass in there. And arrest your boy's ass, your man's ass, and send him off. And instead of you you getting fucked, he's gonna get fucked over and locked up by some big ass dude. So that's how that will actually go in the real war that is in Hollywood. So it's it's always fun, always fun to me when we have these moments where it's like, God, they are on a different planet than we are apparently. Yeah, they're out of touch, and this is you know this has really shown that to a lot more people. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure this is, I mean, it's, you know, it's a part of pop culture history now. Slapgate, which you heard here first. Don't forget that. I start online first. I get it. Uh, next, Oscar-winning actress Brie Larson has joined the cast of Fast and Furious 10 in an undisclosed role. Uh, a lot of people are going to be in this. Uh, Jason Momoa. <laughs> Other people you know who's not going to be in this, <laughs> Wayne Johnson. Yeah, he's been very adamant. Even after Vin Diesel tried to evoke the spirit of Paul Walker and also talk like bring his kids into this, which he and, thought, I don't know how he thought that was a good idea. Like how at no point was like this won't piss him off, and like not a day later the Rock doesn't. He's like, no, that pissed me the fuck off, and I was like, oh god, and he sounded angry. Like I. I've seen quite a bit of interviews of him because he's just a great guy to see in interviews. He always seems like a nice, lovely human being. I've never seen him in that kind of rage before. I was like, is Vin Diesel alive? Should we check? Is he is he still walking amongst us? Well, I don't I guess you know they pay well because Captain Marvel's gonna be racing cars now. I don't know what her role is gonna be. I know, and right? Charlize Theron is back because she's become the big bad of the Fast franchise. I don't understand. Uh, I don't think John Cena's coming back. No, I think he. Uh, I think he was like, "Yeah, I'm good." He's got he's got Peacemaker. He's fine, right? <laughs> oh, he's definitely fine. I'm glad because Peacemaker was a, probably my favorite DC show so far. Um, but I just. I mean, good good for her, I guess, you know, because she it's coming out the same year as her Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel sequel, so it's, like, going to be a big year for her, unless this fucking Fast and Furious tanks, you know, but I doubt it. Uh, well, you know, the thing about franchise Viagra is eventually you have to stop taking it. Yeah, well, if they're smart and they're doing what they're and they don't renege on it, this is part of a two-part finale, so. I wonder what's going to happen. Do you think, like, we got to be going to the moon, right? I don't care. I just want Riddick 4. 
But look, ultimately, what I will always come, my conclusion will be the same with this, is that I don't care. I didn't like Fast and Furious 9 because, wow, they fucking fly in the face of, you know, continuity. I was like, look, I always expect logic to go out the window. I've accepted logic design exists in these movies. I was like, now you're spitting in the face of continuity for someone like myself who's watched every goddamn film. Go fuck yourself. Um, so at this point, I know that they've greenlit a fucking Riddick Ford. Those are goddamn script ran for Riddick Ford. David Tory, Toy, Toy, has confirmed he's literally waiting on Vin Diesel. So I'm like, you know what? Just go fuck yourself in this franchise and give me your fourth fucking Riddick movie before you're like 70 and lethargic, Vin. I think they should move forward with Riddick 4 with The Rock. Oh, have him be like his long lost brother. I don't know. Get, Randall get Riddick. Him, get him and Salem and Riddick for just to piss Fendi so off. <laughs> but, all right. Do that, but have them both be playing Richard B. Riddick in very in different scenes and just not ever address it. If the movie's the most successful one in the franchise, it probably would be. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, you know, I don't, I don't think Riddick Four. I don't think it'll ever happen. Shut your mouth. I just don't. I think by the time Vin's ready, he's gonna be, you know, sitting in a pool full of Fast Furious cash. He's not gonna need Riddick Four. He's not gonna want to do the work. He barely he's wants gonna, to do the work now. He's gonna tell them yes, and and he's but he's gonna be like Brandon. He's gonna show upset like fucking huge. My like, God, bad. Because all that fucking. They shoot it in shadow like Colonel Kurtz. Because <laughs> all that Fast and Furious money, he just let himself go. <laughs> I saw a, a funny thing online. There's a picture of uh, Vin Diesel on a yacht without a shirt on, and he had a gut. And somebody was like, ha, look at Vin Diesel shirtless on a yacht. And somebody posted, like, well, you're yachtless with a shirt, so who's really losing here? <laughs> That's actually kind of a fair point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like make fun of his. You can make because I've I, I I've seen that photo too. I'm like, you know, one just a quick thing. I think a lot of people forget that when they're not doing movies, they don't work out like they do for the movies. So a lot of times they do gain weight. These actors because they go back to eating and drinking what they want. Um, I not to that, that excessive amount like him, but <laughs> not to that excessive amount. Um, I found out that. Uh, on the set of Ghost Rider, Nicolas Cage actually did have a six-pack. Those were not CGI dabs. That was a six-pack? Yeah. He said he was really disappointed that everybody thought he got CGI abs because he worked really hard for that. And so he never worked that hard again to, <laughs> to get us to get like muscular for a role. He's like, they didn't believe me that time, so fuck it. I love that. Never believe me that time, so I ain't doing it again. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. did you, that honest trailer for that was great. But um, yeah, I think people forget that. And then at the end, of the day, yeah, OK, he gained weight. He can own a yacht and just relax. I can't do that. I still remember when this was this franchise was about stealing like VCRs from the streets, like street gangs of L.A. It was point break in race cars. 
Yeah, I like the first one quite a bit because it's just a fun little movie. But like, I, if you watch that and then you watch F9, it's barely the same franchise. Like, what, you can't really chart the progression. It's just a complete fucking shift around five and six where it's like, oh, now it's international espionage for some reason. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. The more you think about it, it's like we all got just tricked somehow with the Fast and Furious franchise. It's like it's like I'm waking up from a like like from a coma and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Of all the like the franchises and like movie history, it to this day is one of the most perplexing to me that we got to where we're at now with this. Like there are multiple only- entries that are over a billion dollar box office gross. Yes. There's so much about this one. Like, how how has this happened? Like other franchises i can foresee like i can look and be like okay i see how that became a big hit franchise i get it you know what i mean this one i'm like how did this little film from 2001 with paul walker and vin diesel like ever become what it is now what the fuck <laughs> it's insane i'll never understand it yeah especially because after the first one it wasn't doing hot like two didn't do that great three did really bad they were about to like kill it off actually before the four. I remember reading about that. They were like seriously considering after three's box office being like, all right, this is done. We're killing it. But then like Vin Diesel was like, you know what? I have an idea. I'll come back. But I'm going to get Paul Walker. I'm going to bring the family back. He brought the family back for four, and four was a fucking hit. Yeah. Let's not forget Vin Diesel was the original franchise Viagra for this for this thing. <laughs> Yeah, let's not forget that. They were about to burn this franchise with three, and then Vin Diesel said he'd come back and bring everyone with them for four, and then four was a hit. So I'm like, all right, let's do five. Let's do six. Let's do seven, even though Paul Walker's dead. Let's do eight, even though Vin and The Rock won't be in the same room. <laughs> Fuck it. F9. Let's get John Cena in on this. And no one's actually dead. Even Paul Walker's character, weirdly. That still bugs me. And I look, I, I have a lot of uh, uh, respect for like uh, James Wan and the fact that he, how he handled the seventh film mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in light of what like happened. But I remember being like, this isn't James Wan's ideal. This is fucking the studio's ideal and Vin's fucking ideal to not just kill the character and have it be some heroic sacrifice. So now there's this weird thing where they have to keep bringing up Brian being out there and him coming back constantly but we don't see him because it's not Paul fucking Walker. Well, I love that it kind of just makes the character like a, a real dick because he keeps showing up after everything happened. He never shows up to help anybody. He just is like, oh, the, the family's in trouble again with international terrorists and everyone I care about is going to die. Not my problem anymore. I have a child. My, yeah, right. He told me I can stay home, be a dad. And I'm like, but the whole point, like, I think it was the sixth movie. Mm-hmm six or seven where they're like he was even racing in the car like he wanted to get back into it so i'm like you've already established that the character likes to do this so like you can't turn back on it now you assholes the funniest thing is that like what mia right the sister yeah she showed up so clearly having a child is not what's holding brian back from helping them out no so it's just yeah why why keep the character alive in the background if you know he's never coming back because Paul Walker is dead. 
Like it's it's such a weird decision. Ah, anyway, we'll do. We'll talk more about this when F10 comes out, or whatever the fuck they call it. Yeah, I I, don't, I, I think that's what they're gonna call it. <laughs> Just F10. What do they call it? FF10. But look, I have no faith it's gonna go on F10 because they have changed the title drastically on every single film. Let's just let's do a let's do a rundown real quick just 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 to see the weird, yeah okay the Fast and the Furious. Keep Two remember f- the the yeah the Fast and the Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. Ugh, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Probably the most regular titled one, honestly. Yeah, I guess I haven't seen that one. That and Too Fast, I haven't seen. I just mean like title rise. You're most like okay, I get that one. I, I I'll, I'll take it. Then we got Fast and Furious, and then it's Fast Five, and then it's Fast and Furious Six, and then it's Furious Seven, and then it's inexplicably the Fate of the Furious. Fate, it's, eight. yeah, yeah, like, ugh. and then Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. And then F9, the Fast Saga. This does not look like it's the same franchise. FF10, the Furious Legacy. I bet, you know what? Pitch that shit. You probably get a, get a check. <laughs> if, if that happens, I'm going to be like, look, give me a check while I can live off this royalty for the rest of my life. We have recorded evidence right here that it was your idea first. <laughs> I don't know. It, I, it's it's inexplicable. Part one. Don't forget that. That's right. It's a two-part finale. FF10, The Furious Legacy, part one. Part, you know. <laughs> oh, God. All right. That's enough Fast and Furious talk. I forgot how we got to what the actual news story was about, but yeah. Brie Larson's going to be in the new one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Okay. Now the, the Fast Furious the Fast Furious franchise just reminds me of being burned the fuck out in Washington. <laughs> barely, barely being able to comprehend the movie. <laughs> like how this is thing too. I remember we both went to that like really excited because we and like the other ones. I was like, well, I like the other ones were fun and I enjoyed them. And I was like, let's do this. And then I remember by the end we went, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of what the fuck just happened, following a drunken outburst in Hawaii in which he attacked two people in a karaoke bar, Ezra Miller has reportedly been dropped from all future Warner Brothers projects, including sequels to The Flash and further Fantastic Beasts movies. However, now reports are saying Warner Brothers has cooled off and are weighing their options with Miller, uh, hoping he calms the fuck down. I, I don't understand it. Ezra, Ezra Miller... From what we're what we've seen, is a very mean drunk, and tends to attack fans. And he's about to helm a new franchise for Warner Brothers in the Flash, and uh, it's overshadowing this movie that just keeps getting pushed, especially if it ever comes out. And of course, Fantastic Beast three already loaded with so much fucking controversy. Uh, now has to deal with this. What the fuck? Just just drop the guy. Do you need him? You don't need him. G- get a new Flash. It's a multiversal movie. You can explain why Barry looks different in the next movie that way. Yeah, I don't understand why they are now. They went from like really being like we're gonna get rid of him, and I was happy because 
I have already voiced so much I despise Ezra Miller as an actor and now a person, honestly. Um, yeah. So now to just sit there and be like, if that's true, because I haven't re- I haven't heard anything about that part, so that's news to me. But they might be weighing their options. I'm like, no, like he's a fucking problem. And let's just be honest, he's not the reason your films are successful. He is one of the worst characters in an already terrible cast of characters in Fantastic Beasts. Like, he's not hoping your box office on that movie. That has everything in fact that it's a fucking Harry Potter movie. Yeah. That people were just going to see regardless. I was like, and as far as your Flash, like, one, you keep delaying your fucking movie. So who knows if that thing's going to even new good or not at this point. Um, two, it, what? it's only successful because it's a DC film. <laughs> like, it has nothing, again, nothing to do with Ezra Miller. And I guarantee you, um, Michael Keane will draw more people into that movie than Ezra Miller will help. Ben Affleck and the fucking Snyder fanatics will go in for him before they go in for Ezra fucking Miller. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it's not just, you know, his consistent attacking of fans, which is already crazy, but reports are coming out about his onset behavior on The Flash and just being, you know, aggressive and crazy and hard to work with. It's like, what is, what is, anybody getting out of this working relationship other than consistent problems. So yeah. just drop the guy, give it to, I mean, they're not going to give it to Grant Gustin. I'd love if they did, but that's never going to happen, but know, right? give it to somebody who you can, you know, fans like, and is easy to deal with. I don't see why they don't just give it to Grant Gustin. You can't tell me with how the CW ratings are and their whole issues with wanting to sell their, uh, their channel that like, that show is going to last that much longer. You know what I mean? And then he already apparently the only reason season nine happened was because he renewed his contract mm-hmm. for season nine. His contract was ending on this season. I think and it'd be neat was- if they tied the series finale of the flash into like, then, you know, making that the sequel to the flash movie, like a continuation of the show. And like now, you know, due to multiversal shenanigans, movie Barry Allen now looks like TV Barry Allen, who he met once. You could explain it that way. And, you know, now it's Grant Gustin's franchise. But no, DC does not like to mix their their TV and their and their films. They don't like to do that. No, it's fucking annoying because you see yeah. how we're all working for Marvel. But whatever. Yeah, unless it's on HBO Max, they will not do it. Yeah, it's, it's annoying. Um, yeah, I... Never, I mean, look, I've already voiced enough how much I just absolutely hate this human being. Um, I I say drop him. I don't see why WB is trying to cool. No, drop his ass. He's problematic, both out in the apparently his personal life where he likes to assault people for fun and yeah. apparently being an asshole on set. So why? I'm, I'm, just fucking hold people accountable, Hollywood. Fuck. Jesus Christ. It's yeah, it's insane. I mean, this couple have filed a restraining order because he straight up attacked them. Like this is you know vicious assault, and he's just again you know because he's famous, he's gonna get a slap on the wrist. Probably, I I don't think Warner Brothers is gonna drop him. They'll probably just you know say like, hey Ezra, stop it, and then it'll just keep going because mm-hmm. that's what happens. Nobody, there's no accountability in Hollywood, especially now for some reason. Yep. The only reason I feel like the only reason, like going back to like talking about Will Smith, and I feel like a big reason it happened was because of the online presence that's been very vocal 
about it and all the all the backlash has been going on online. Yeah, you're right. Well, I wonder who's gonna fucking snap next week, and we're gonna have to talk about that. But uh, that's all that happened last week in film. So with that, uh, Shutter had a new one. Tell us about C for me. Yeah, so I actually saw this like a month ago or something. I ran it off Prime before it came to Sharks. I forgot it was coming to Shutter. Um, but if for those of you who are holding out and remember, unlike me, um, really good film about a blind skier. Where she was a skier and then she got blind due to a very tragic accident. Um, she wants to make some money, so she accepts an offer to cat sit at a very rich lady's house, played by um Jigsaw actress Laura Vandervoort. Oh, yeah, um, Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. So if she's one of those you've seen and stuff. If you're like, who's that? Trust me, you've seen her and stuff. Um, Kat sits at her house, and 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 you know, inevitably, it being a horror film, house gets invaded by intruders, and she has to rely on this app called See for Me, which also, actually, speaking of the Flash, features uh, a Miss Noah West. Alan from um, the Flash TV show as the lady working as the the person working on the end that uh, guides her through the app. So, and she has to use the app to help her guide through the home invasion because, again, she can't see. Um, really good movie. Really interesting uh, premise that I feel like um, that does take advantage of its premise. I, I highly enjoyed it. Um, Kim Coates pops into it. Um, you know, he's always a good presence in anything he pops up in. So if you're looking for something different to your home invasion film, a little bit of a different angle to it, definitely check it out. And give it an eight out of ten on the site. I can't remember. But yeah. okay, yeah. Um, if yeah, if you're looking for something a little bit different in your home invasion film, I'd say give this one a shot. It's it's a fun little um home invasion thriller. Nice. Sounds good. Glad it was a winner this week. Sounds like they've been getting prog- like progressively better over the course of the uh, the year. Yes. Um, I got to see everything every- everywhere all at once, which is pretty uh, getting in- like incredible praise. Um, it's the highest scored movie on Letterboxd right now, um, ever. That like an, a four point six out of five stars. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's got like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and it is the maybe the most creative, wild, insane movie I've ever seen. Uh, incredibly hard to explain if you haven't seen it. It's so layered and crazy and shit is constantly happening. Uh, but I will try. Michelle Yeoh plays Evelyn, a woman in a dying marriage to fucking Short Round who came out of retirement for this which is awesome. Did not expect to see Kehoi Kwan in this. <laughs> uh, so that was neat. Uh, he looks a lot like a young Jackie Chan right now. And I was like, make a biopic. <laughs> like, anyway, um, they're married. They run a laundromat. And uh, she ends up getting tasked with protecting the multiverse from this ancient, or like not ancient, but like very powerful evil that's trying to destroy everything. And uh, she ends up getting this like button that in order to jump into other versions of yourself, you have to like do some weird task that like 
is something nobody else would do that connects you to that person. So sometimes it's like profess your love to a stranger or break your own arm or like eat that bug. It's weird. (laughs) And she ends up like absorbing skills and has to fight this evil. And there's some twists and some turns and it's really funny and gory as hell. And the action is crazy. And it's just like, it's every genre kind of folded into one movie it's wild. Jamie Lee Curtis is great as this like crazy IRS agent who's like possessed by this evil trying to kill her in various dimensions. Um, and it's very endearing. The ending's like a really good uh, family lesson. Um, and uh, I definitely recommend this. It's a freaking ride. Uh, giving it an 8 out of 10. Uh, got a surprisingly limited release. I was able to find a theater that had it around here. I hope you are able to find something because it's you. I think you will really like this. I probably will. I've been wanting to see it and I cannot fucking find it around me. Um, my eight, my cinema that's close to me is not playing it, but because I got a four day coming up, I might see if any of the cinema cafe somewhere around here is playing it. Very nice. Uh, but yeah, I do. I, I threw it in the book of Filmgasm because I when when we both have access to it, I want to do this on that on that show. So going for yeah. I've been hearing like really high praise. It's cool to see really high praise for them. It's cool to see Michelle Yeoh in a leading role. She usually plays you know supporting roles, so it's cool to see her have a whole movie to, uh, to herself. Uh, uh what's his name um james hong plays her father david lopan from big trouble in little china jesus christ how old is that guy he's in his early 90s i think like he's he's getting up there fuck yeah let me confirm that i don't know how old is james hong i was like because he wasn't exactly a young man and he's 93 (laughs) i'll say he i'm not saying he was old in fucking big trouble but damn I know he will always. I love, I love Big Trouble, but he will always be uh, Master Wong from Balls of Fury, who refuses to teach Guaylo. God damn you! I love that movie. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That movie's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great cast, great adventure, very creative story, and I hope it uh, is up for uh, visual effects at next year's Oscars. Because wow, yeah. That's my that's my bit on that. I doubt it will be nominated. It's much too early. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, like off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but it does happen. Exactly. I can't think of any. I think A24 is more of a, like, they don't tend to get a lot of nominations in the drama department or actually in the uh, genre film department. If, unless, it, like, if it's a drama, they'll probably get in, but their genre films never make a splash. Oh no, never. Um, look, I'm so mad at them for not nominating Pig. I've got to mention that actually when we're doing the Oscars. I'm so mad that now we have the newest worst snub to me in Oscar history, and that's a Nicholas Cage not get nominated for fucking Pig. I hope he gets nominated for playing himself in the unbearable weight of massive talent, which is shaping up to be quite the experience. I cannot wait. And it comes out the same weekend as the Northman. Like I am like, bring that weekend on. Fuck Fantastic Beasts 3. There, I said it. I hate, I don't like the first two movies. I'm not looking forward to three. Like, bring me the Northmen. 
an unbearable weight of massive talent. I'm so fucking ready for those two movies. Hell yeah. Uh, two weeks. It's going to be, it's going to be epic. I'm, um, I'm seeing both. It's coming out. Which one do I want to see first? Cause both look so good. And I think I put both of my anticipated list and of course they're coming out the same weekend. So it's great. I'm seeing cage immediately. Like I, I'm, I'm I love the Northman looks great, but I feel like I've been waiting for this particular cage movie for quite some time. Ever since it was announced, I'm like, there's no way this is actually going to happen. And then it was supposed to come out last year and it didn't. And I'm like, okay. And then we got the trailer and I'm like, this is amazing. So I'm seeing that first. Yeah. God. It's just hard because I really want to. This might be the most Nicolas Cage film that's ever Nicolas Cage in our lifetime. So it's like, I really want to see that. But then, like, you know, Eggers, he has a good track record for me with like The Witch and The Lighthouse. And now The Northman. And I'm just realizing his titles are all like roughly the same thing. It's just the and then something else that is very descriptive of the film you're watching. <laughs> well, I mean, next he's doing a, a, a remake of Nosferatu. <clears throat> Unless he calls it the Nosferatu, I think it's a safe bet he's going to break the formula. I hope he doesn't. I hope he calls it the Nosferatu to, fix, to fuck with people. <laughs> the vampire with a Y. <laughs> God, that would kill me. <laughs> I would go. I would love to be like, there you go. Keep it up, dude. Um, yeah, I don't know. I might on. Yeah, it might be. I don't know because I feel like Northman's gonna be very heavy, and like I'm gonna be like prepared to watch it with. I'm very ready. I can be like, I'm gonna have a good time. It's gonna be a good time. You're gonna use massive talent as like a like a like a palate cleanser, a sorbet for the Northman. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> that movie's gonna be intense. Yeah, it is. I do like in the uh, Landville Rachel and uh, the newest one when he goes, I'm Nicholas Freaky, and he holds out yeah. the freaking forever and then does a little like screams at the end. Cage! It makes me laugh that that's how, like that's the regular trailer. I much prefer the Red Band trailer where he's Nick fucking Cage. Yeah, he just that's holds more, it. It's way more powerful. I do also love like when he pulls up to. Pedro Pascal, and he's like, so is this guy going to want me to suck his dick or what? <laughs> I am Javi. Javi. <laughs> Nick Cage. I, I, I believe 100% that that's how he introduces himself to people. Just Nick Cage. Like, God damn. I don't mean this as a joke. He is a national treasure. Oh, he 100% is. You must protect him at all costs. Oh my god! I hope this triggers an epic, like no holds barred comeback, where he's just getting all sorts of A-list projects again. I want to see him like in the MCU as I don't give a fuck who. <laughs> I want, I wanted him, I want him back to the top of the A-list. I keep hoping that, and I just, I'm losing hope it's ever going to happen. I thought that with Mandy didn't happen. I but, thought that with Pig didn't happen. I'm but like, this, damn it. this is getting not only critical praise, but like. People are anticipating a, like a big box office. Like this is going to be a big movie. I will say that when the trailers have played at the films I've gone to see, it gets good reactions from the audiences I've had. Like it gets like pretty like solid. Like people are laughing. You can't tell us a there's a member I can hear it every time. I always hear one person be like, "Yeah, I want to see that." Or someone I can always hear someone in theater say it after the trailer and goes, "Oh, that's going to be funny." Or I want to say, oh, 
they're really doing it like so there's definitely like i can see yeah i can see that because i i sense the feeling of excitement when the trailer plays and people are like are we really getting this type of nicholas cage movie and he's the only actor who could do something like this nobody else could make a movie this like self-referential and actually have it work it's he's he's a he's you know he's a diamond he's he's a great white buffalo he's he's nicholas cage there's nothing else like him <laughs> there's nothing absolutely else like nicholas fucking cage oh i can't that's gonna be such a fun episode i'm looking forward to talking about the northmen too but this is a long time coming yeah <laughs> I've heard early praise real quick on the Northmen. Oh, yeah. Apparently, uh, Twitter or whatever, maybe and they are like praising the fuck out of it. I've heard it's brutal. Like It's the Vikings. I don't want no watered-down History Channel bullshit. I want full gore. Yeah. <laughs> I want Eric the Red, motherfucker. But yeah, this is, uh, is going to be cool. Oh, yeah. I've heard Skarsgård's already getting like praise from a lot of people. In the Northman, like they're like, dude, he is out like something else. Like one person, one person was like, he's animalistic. That's how you describe him. He goes, There's a scene where you straight up animalistic. It's haunting to watch him. They're going, they're doing berserker. Sounds like, like it. You know about that? Viking berserkers? Ah, it sounds familiar. It's a legitimate, like a real thing. Like Vikings would like get blood drunk. Like so fucking amped up by carnage that they would go into what they called berserker mode and just rip people apart with their bare fucking hands. Sounds like, like we might get that. It was a like a Viking Viking warriors just losing their shit on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, from the way they're screaming, we might get that. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hearing like he is like goes into beast mode apparently in this film. But I already had that feeling in that trailer when they show him in the village just walking, like with his axes. And I'm like, I remember seeing that going. That's all Skarsgård. That's not CGI. God, I was like, I knew this guy was like big, but fuck me. God damn. <laughs> They're good genes. Those Skarsgårds, they, they got talent. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is going to be cool. Good weekend. <laughs> I know. I can, I've, I've been dying for this weekend. So there's just been like, all right, can we bring this weekend on finally? Like this is, that weekend has been the weekend I've been looking forward to all month long. <laughs> Uh, with that, let's go into Ambulance, our first uh, mutual scene film of the, of the day. Uh, Michael Bay is back with a vengeance after deciding, I want to work, but not that hard. And decided to remake a, I think it was a Dutch film, I maybe Danish, I don't remember, called Ambulance from 2005. Uh, decided to cast Jake Gyllenhaal, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, and Aisa Gonzalez. And uh, it's not bad. Uh, I just feel like I've seen this before. It doesn't didn't feel unique, special, but this is Michael Bay. So, you know, I expected that. I thought it was fun. Like, I thought, like, I went in with, like, you, I went in with, like, this is probably not going to be that good. Especially if my experience was just with Elastic Films. So I was like, all right, here we go. And I got to say, like, yes, there's some issues I have with the film. Obviously, but as far as like this, I know some critics have been saying it feels like a return to form, whatever that means for Michael Bay. <laughs> um, but if you mean like, you know what I'm saying? If you're talking like, this seems like, I get what they're saying. Like this film feels like he's actually trying to go back to his earlier work 
and not having what I thought he did, with his, especially his last few films, where it was just overcomplicated fucking plots that made no goddamn sense. I'm looking at you, Transformers, last night. Um, I felt like there was a certain degree of overcomplication in Ambulance. Like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's whole connection with these, like, Vatos guys that isn't really explained all that well, or... Well, it's... I... I no, that was because his dad. Because remember, they worked with his dad, so he just grew up around them. I th- maybe I just wanted more, like, from that. It just felt so convenient i don't know well see after dealing with two way over complicated parts i was okay with that. i was like yo yes please just keep it at that level cool your dad used to work with this guy so you guys are like family cool got it let's move on i feel like there's no way that cop would have survived a burst spleen by having a hair clip clipped onto it and then just getting up like nothing yeah, and putting it back in his body. At the very least, like I would believe it if they had shown, like, hey, we took it out when we got to the hospital yeah. and actually fucking took care of it. But well, it's no, like even when they pull into the to the Vato's place, he's like, What's going on? Like, like he's not even in any pain or like is it, he looks fine. Yeah. Like your guts are stapled together. There's a hair clip in your in your spleen, which just exploded in somebody's hands. You're dead. Oh yeah, he would have. I mean, in real life, he would have. But again, this is the Bay Universe, and weird shit always happens in Bay's universe. Um, I refuse to give him any more fucking slack. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's fun. It's all right. Uh, I thought it was way too long. I don't think it needed to be that long. It, I don't understand why he has to make films over two hours long. I'm like Bay, make it short. Does he get paid by the by the minute? I, I don't I don't know. Um, look before we kind of get into stuff we don't like because I know that's uh, we actually probably agree on the shit we don't like. Um, as far as what work, well, fuck it. Um, I will say I know some people there's been very like wild reactions I've seen from some friends of mine online from like they really like it, but they fucking are ranting about it. Um, I will say this: it can work. Why well, did not give me a headache like Fire Bay films have done? Dear God, I don't think it stopped moving for like even a second. No. Holy shit. This one was like two hours and like 16 minutes or something wild like that. And that mm-hmm. camera kept moving the entire time. I was like, please stop moving your camera. Please well, now stop. he's not swooping on characters. He's swooping on like fucking buildings now. It was yeah. it was some some like create like almost like uh like he was trying to prove something. Uh, yeah, it was weird. It was like, why are we doing? It? Like, there were several times I'm like, the camera is not even moving right now. Um, so I will. I yeah, no, the camera worked kind of on my nerves. I remember even watching at the beginning, thinking, oh boy, oh god, the camera work's going to get really because I the beginning of the film kind of just moves through everything. Like, all right, they're the brothers. He's low on money. He's on his like, yep, he's going actually going to his prayer for help. Okay, cool. Bank heist, boom, ambulance phone. Let's go. And I remember thinking, like, oh, okay, oh boy, this is phone for. For me, once we got to the ambulance sequence, like the main crux of this film, I was that's when I kind of got on board and I was like, okay. And I found a lot of the scenes pretty like I found enough riveting scenes to get me invested. Um, but yeah, I just remember thinking, like, god damn, like the camera works fast, like this script's just blowing through fucking scenes right now. Um, 
And then uh, I saw your review and I agreed with you. Should we talk about the fact that Michael Bay felt the need to reference his own films in this movie? Fuck him. This that bothered me so much. Like what I it's cute when, you know, Tarantino throws a little nod to like, you know, a like a, a character from one of his other movies. And he's like, ah, remember that. But I feel like, you know, him and Spielberg and like these guys have earned that right. Bay can't just be like, remember the rock? That was awesome. <laughs> Bad boys was cool, wasn't it? Like you can't just you do think that. about it. The rock one was a multi-layered one, right? Because he's rushing the movie. But then they go, well, no, they have the rock, the actor who was technically in Michael Bay's film, Pain and Gain. So technically, that was a deep one for him. <sighs> to actually throw out the quote, like losers complain, winners fuck the prom queen. To really like just drop that in another one of his I know. movies. As soon as he said it, I was like, oh, we're really going to say that line again. And that's, now you're then, trying to talk me here in on the joke. And then for the cop to be like, let's do it like bad boys, right? Like, God damn it. Exactly. <laughs> Stop it. I kept expecting someone else to be like, hey, we're bad boys too. <laughs> like, just, it's going to be Armageddon before we get these guys. Like, was he just going to keep doing it? But yeah. It's looking like Pearl Harbor out there. I forgot he did that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I think actually most people consider that to be his worst film. That's a that's a contest. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was goofy. I thought like a lot of people in this movie did not act the way I feel like people would act in these situations. Like the EMT just being like somehow turning this into a life lesson, and like suddenly being on board with like, you know, this robber is a good guy and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that he gets what he wanted. Like, I don't know about that. I mean, he's going to jail. He, he's going to jail at the end of the movie. Yeah, but he's she's like out. telling his wife, like she, he saved my life and like giving her the money. And I'm like, no, he almost got you killed. Like a, a lot. Uh, I, right. I didn't like the I didn't like the EMT. I thought like they went out of their way to make her unlikable at the beginning of the movie. Well, I don't think it's necessarily like I don't think the script did a good job of giving us why she was the way she was. Like they kind of hinted that there was something there. James says that I screw things up all the time. So there's like, okay, so there's something there to explain why she acts the way she does. But the script only wants to explore that on a surface level and then no further than that. No. I also thought it was weird that, like, so, so Jake Gyllenhaal's character is a fucking maniac. I, he would randomly just be I like... Will, I will not talk bad about Jake Gyllenhaal because I actually really liked his performance. He, he did a great <laughs> job. He, he was he, great. He was great. And I do... His character is going from, like, you know, kind of chill to, like, I will blow your fucking head off in, like, two seconds. Was nuts. But... Does he like have a job working security at this? Like, it did give off the vibe that he had like a legit legal job that was used to mask robberies. But because then, yeah, the FBI person brings up he's done like thirty-seven like big time robberies. I'm like, then yeah, I don't think you'd be walking around in LA freely it, the way you are. Exactly. If the if the feds have been after him for years, they know he has committed like thirty something bank robberies. Why is Danny just? like working security at some like tech dude or card place, whatever the hell that was, just openly walking around making micro brews or um, cold brew coffee. Like 
just not a care in the world with the federal, like the FBI knowing who he is and where he is. Yeah, it, that was that was weird, but <clears throat> like I said, I Jonah himself was fucking fantastic. I laughed my ass off at so many of his lines, especially what was it? The one was like, "Yeah, well, I got herpes, but you know, I gotta live with it," or some shit like that. I was like, what "The fuck, we gotta work with what we've got." I think that yeah, we gotta work with what we got. I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, I don't want herpes, but we gotta work." With I'm like, "Why would you say that?" Um. And then, like, the random seasons I'm just seeing the back when they're trying to calmly talk and he's, like, losing his shit because this is not going the way he wanted at all. I, I really liked Garrett Dillahunt as the, uh, a lot too. the, the cop in charge. I, I've always liked him. I, he's a great character actor. And I just bought him out when uh, the, the Fed was, like, you know, he called him a Vietnam vet. He's like, how old do you think I am? Yeah. He got really hurt by that. Yeah. <laughs> I like when he's like, you're young she's, and you're old, Grandpa. I like her. <laughs> <laughs> he's eating the Cheetos back there. She's like, don't you dare to lick your hands and touch my console. He's just licking his hands. Um, I thought it was I did like he... when, uh, oh, yeah, go sorry, ahead. And his dog popped up and he's like, everyone back off. <laughs> now Nitro, down, back. Who the fuck brought my dog to a do a police chase. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it's you know it sucked that he just randomly got killed. Like I wasn't expecting that. I was like, really? Unceremoniously, and they didn't really linger on it or talk about him again. No, because it's Michael Bay. Can't do that. <laughs> That's right. Unfortunately. Um, it like I said, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I thought it was you know. A, a good, decent watch. I don't know if I'd ever watch it again, mm. but uh, not terrible. I gave it a seven, which I think is is fair. No, I would I would agree with that score. Um, I'd give it a seven. Like I said it, there were some issues. I agree with like him trying to reference, which felt out of place. Camera, Jesus Christ, just Michael Bay, man. Like you don't have to move it every five fucking seconds. Who is his second. cinematographer? Because the dude is a is fucking crazy. The dude was coked out. I swear to God for the whole shoot. Um, just, yeah. God. Um, but you know, like, look, the basic story I think is what got me as far as like just this hiding, I hiding fucking ward where this heist went wrong. They're chasing the ambulance. I was hooked onto that concept. I was hooked by a lot of moments in the film, and I was legit, um, kind of into it. Like, okay, how are they going to get out of this? What are they going to do now? You know what I mean? Um. I appreciate as far as the ending, not necessarily how, yeah, I do think for once Michael Bay actually handled female characters well for once without resorting to Michael Bay-isms. Um, yeah. Kind of helped they only had like one main trick to use anyway. Um, I did like how the ending was realistic for pretty much everyone except the fucking EMT. Like we had, because you know, Hollywood, you know, any other film would be like Yaha Matur Abdeen. He would get scot free in the other Hollywood film. And this film's like, no, yeah, he got, you know, his wife's gonna get that experimental money, but his ass is going to jail. He is going to be facing some time. Um, regardless of the, the cop saying he saved his life, all that's gonna do is shave a couple of years off. That's it. Yeah. He's his ass is going to jail. That guy saved my life after he shot me in the fucking <laughs> leg and yeah. started all this. <laughs> yeah. Um 
and you know, I did like I did like the idea of that core con- uh, relationship between him and John Hun. I do wish that had been fleshed even further out their brotherly relationship. So it was like, there's your heart of the story right there is that like these two as brothers. Um, and then I did really like Jake. I mean, like I said, Jake Gyllenhaal. Look, I know I joke a lot about his recent shower comments, but the dude, you can tell he loves to act. Like the dude just, he's a good actor. He clearly loves doing it. And he's usually always consistently good. And I, I love how just over the top crazy he gets in this film. He, he's riveting to watch. So those, you know, those pros and those cons. Yeah, seven. Okay, I think we're in the same boat for the most part. Uh, currently in theaters, if you want to see what Heat would look like if Michael Bay directed it, this is the closest you're going to get. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess check it out if you're a fan of heist thrillers and Jake Gyllenhaal and you want Michael Bay to make another movie. Yeah, and you know what? It kind of looked like Jake, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal did take a shower for this film. He looked clean. Anybody can look clean. You don't. You can't tell until you're like three feet away from him. And then you'll be he was really he was really sweaty. Oh, real quick, I had to, I had to point out. I don't know if you noticed it. So okay, when he first gets the ambulance, right, and the cops stop it, then go to inspect the back. Did you see that the gun was poking out a bit? Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out like where the fuck is he hiding in this ambulance? Yeah, if you paid attention to where he hides, look. Those of you who haven't seen it, if you have and you want to watch it again. In that particular scene when they're trying to leave the garage and the cops stop them and they're like, hey, we got to look in the back. And they open the back to look. If you pay attention to the right side of the screen, where Jake Jones is like crouched using the flimsiest fucking life jacket thing to hide him, you can see the barrel of the fucking gun poking out. And somehow no one sees it because we have to still have two hours of the film to go. So like no one sees it and they're like, okay, looks good. I'm saying the theory is right there. I can see the gun. Literally, this would have ended right now. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I'm I'm sure they were also distracted by the fact that there's a dying cop back there, and the EMT is like, "We gotta go now!" Like, the cop's gonna die. Let us do my let me do my job. They weren't looking around. They were like, "Oh shit, go go go!" So I think uh, that that's the argument. Probably. I mean, brother cop was fucking laid down thick in this film. Oh my god, hard dude. When like the Vatos leader's kid like trips and shoots himself in the fucking head or whatever happened there oh, and he's yeah. just like oh <laughs> like look at it on tv that's his reaction it's like oh i didn't, I didn't buy that yeah <laughs> i just thought like the amount of how much they made a point to reference we gotta help our brother cop out i'm like oh my god <laughs> i did like when that cop uh, and i felt i, I would have been i would have done the same fucking thing that cop did when that asshole's like Oh, we were doing fine to his asshole partner went in there. And I would have been like, dude, I would have had the same reaction if I was that cop. I'd fucking go swinging at you. Like, no, dude, the dude's in a fucking ambulance now shot. And now we've learned that the two fucking bank robbers have hijacked it. Like, you shut the fuck up right now. I didn't know the bank was going to get robbed today. Like, you fucking kidding me? I I like the the FaceTime surgery. I thought that was a cool idea to, like, that call was, the cop yeah. and then the cop calls his golf buddies who were and they're like oh shit and they stop golf and they're like all right this is what you got to do like they were just yeah. ready to go i thought I, that was cool i liked when he woke up and fucking uh yaha is just like shut up shut up boom and like punches him in the face and chick channel what the fuck is going on back there 
I leave you back there for like five seconds and you're punching a cop now? Dude, when she was pulling the spleen out and she's like, I got the bullet. I got it. It's coming out. It's coming out. <laughs> and it just exploded in her face. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I, that's it. Like, there's no way to clip that shut. His spleen exploded. <laughs> yeah. That shit fucking burnt. I gotta say, I, I forgot this one was right at all. Because I was like, going like, this is PG-13, right? They started saying fuck, and I was like, maybe it's not PG-13. And then, like, the shootout happened, I was like, oh, this is R-rated. I was like, okay. I was like, if anything, thank you, babe, for fucking going back to your R-rated forms instead of PG-13 Transformers. But yeah, because I remember that actually got a pretty good reaction in my audience. with the Because we were, like, telling Sixth I'm thinking, like, oh, she's going to get it. And I was like, Phew. yeah, I didn't, I only had like four people in my theater. I didn't so. in the crowd. It was pretty much everyone that didn't have kids and then want to go see Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I had like all the movies I saw this weekend, I had low turnout. I don't know if it's just like, I saw them in the, you know, early, like early afternoon, but like on a Saturday, like that should be a full, full crowd. That should be a full crowd. That's weird. Um, I don't know. I did. I did like the dude that was the only one that worked in his shop that thought things were legal. That he had to call up to like get the blue spray paint. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you want me to get the flamingos? No, don't bring the flamingos. That's a separate incident." I love that his argument was like, "I I don't know how I got in this ambulance. Like, I got I don't even know how this happened with the cops. Like, that's the best you got." Yeah, <laughs> I would have been like, "Dude, if Jake had done that, maybe like." I'd be like, okay, I take 10,000 and stop driving and get the fuck out of the ambulance and walk away. I'd be like, this doesn't seem on up and up. There's a lot of, you know, scary looking men here with guns. Well, I'm also, out. when they were like swapping out, you know, doing that ambulance trick, why not bring like a truck or a car or something else? Leave the EMT and the, and the dying cop, take the money, get in a regular car and fuck off, then have all the ambulances drive across town. Well, I think that was the plan with the going to. So the plan was, and that's why they painted it green or supposed to be blue, was for heat signatures, right? It's supposed to because like, I think they kind of figured out that, like, you know, the cops were using heat signatures to see the fucking them in the ambulance, mm-hmm. which I was fine. Stop spraying the window. I got to drive. <laughs> and uh, so I think from what I gathered was the plan was to do that, get that one so they won't pick it up on the heat signature and they could fucking get out of there. While they're focusing on their 20 ambulances they sent out, get to that shop and then hurry up, get in the get in a van there. Cause I think they brought it up. It was like brought up like, hey, is the van ready? And so he's gonna get in a van and then just drive out of there. I I feel like that would have been the time to drive into a different, like drive in a different getaway car. Cause they had a moment away from the cops. They were in a blind spot. That was the time to get the fuck out. Oh, that was absolutely the time to just get the fuck out. Instead of taking a cop to a fucking... Because that was the cartel they were dealing with. Um, so I was like, why would you take a fucking cop to a cartel-heavy area? Like, And then, like... and But at the end, you see in that moment, kind of, like the movie kind of shows you throughout, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's true colors. Because you see when they're like... When he's like, no, the cop stays here because of what happened on the news, right? Gyllenhaal's going to be like, yeah, okay. As long as I'm our car is ready. Like he did not give a fuck. He's like, look, I got the money. Give me the car. Let's get the fuck out of here. We can finally get out of here without them, you know, get out of town. One last thing that I thought was really stupid. 
Jay Gyllenhaal does not wear a mask during the heist and is constantly calling people by their real names in, front of, in front of witnesses and cops. Oh, I thought the entire heist was stupid when I saw they won't wear any mask like, at all. I'm like, if you guys actually want to get away, you should probably wear, especially when they were starting to pull the mask out during the shooter. I'm like, well, when he's just screaming, Will, in front of the cops, like, dude, it, it's like this is your first bank robbery. Like, you've done this 36 other times and gotten away scot free. Yeah. And it's like, just don't just wear the mask. Cause I guarantee you could have gotten away a lot easier in the ambulance if you had kept the mask on. Because then they won't have a fucking face to ID. Yeah. All right. Seven. I think it's fairly poorly constructed, but it's not a terrible movie. Yeah. Like I said, it's, you know what? If you're looking for like this, that dumb, mindless bay mayhem that he delivers, you're not, you can't go too bad with this compared to some more recent efforts he's come out with. So, bay, bay him. Yeah. You tell me he hasn't workshopped that. In the mirror to himself. Naked. As I said in the island, rock hard. I don't think look, Bay doesn't do anything from him unless he's stark naked. I feel like he's got a condition where he can't go soft. That explains the explosions. <laughs> he constantly is ready to go. That would explain literally everything about this guy that doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Always hard. I love that you're kind of a silent laugher because when I listen back to these, it just sounds like me being a crazy person laughing to myself at my own jokes. I know. (laughs) Um, But I don't listen back to these. I have to edit this shit. Well, good for you. Oh, yeah. I get to experience and hear all of these twice. I um, barely do any editing anyway. I don't. I really don't. I put in music and then I just. <laughs> it's genuine. It's real. It's reactionary. It's art. <laughs> uh, speaking of art, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, okay. I enjoyed this. I'll, I I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but interesting segue. <laughs> um, I had no expectations for this. I don't. I never played Sonic. I knew the gist. I knew who Sonic the Hedgehog was. I've heard the name Doctor Robotnik. Knuckles looked vaguely familiar. I think I saw him on a case at GameStop or something. And I knew about Tails as well. So I knew the major players. The worst. I didn't. I never played Sonic. Um, but I watched the first film to prep for this and I really liked it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was charming. I thought Jim Carrey stole the show. I thought James Marsden hold his own, held his own, but he was really good. It's amazing how long I told you all these things and you finally watched it and were like, yeah, it is a good movie. I told you for months, I was waiting till Sonic 2 came out to watch this. That was several months too long. To it wait. was going to happen. You just had to be patient. I'm not a patient man. I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Uh, well, it's been watched. They both have, and I liked both of them. So you win. Congratulations. I know I win. I always win in my head. <laughs> uh, 
So Sonic 2, Robotnik's on the mushroom planet. And I love I love that. Just him now, like, you know, the video game accurate costume with the shaved head, the big mustache. And just making, trying to figure out a way to make coffee out of mushrooms. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Now, Jim Carrey, like, to me, he's been in top form in both these movies. Like, it is so good to me to see him really get back into, like, what we loved about him so much. Yeah. In, in both of these Sonic films. I love that he's, <laughs> like, the smartest man in the universe, and he knows it, and he flaunts it, and he lets everybody know how stupid they are. That's, yeah. that's great. I love his super loyal assistant, uh, Stone, who's just like <laughs> always there to just be like, I love you. You're a genius. And make it, he's like, the only reason Robotnik keeps him around is because he's good at making lattes. <laughs> I love when he screamed it at him, like, of course, you know, I love your lattes. Like, I don't remember which one that was, but <laughs> it was the first one. <laughs> that was funny as hell. Um, so Knuckles shows up. He's an echidna, which I, I did. I guess it's like a similar to a hedgehog animal. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he shows up and is like, "I'm looking for, I'm looking for Sonic the like for Sonic because he has my like he pissed off my people." And Robotnik's like, "I'll take you to Earth." Uh, admittedly, like Knuckles is he's a cool character. I like Idris Elba's performance. He, the character is i don't know how he is in the games but in the movie he's like his his priorities are so out of whack like he doesn't really know what's going on from what i understand he is pretty like they were pretty accurate with his uh portrayal from the games what i understand it was pretty like a spot-on accuracy that's cool i like that the uh the lady who plays tails was the lady who voiced the character in the game i thought that was really cool yeah, I remember that was like huge. Like when they announced that, people were like, oh my God, they got, and I was like, that is actually really neat that they did that. Yeah. Um, and all, I thought all three were great. I really like Ben Schwartz at Sonic. I think he just does a great job in that in that uh, voice role. I love um, that we finally got a reference to Park, to his character from Parks and Recreation. Um, oh, yeah. John Ralphio. Yes. <laughs> that was, that yeah. was nice. I liked that. I did like that. Um, they're, he's good, you know, like she was really good as tells. I thought like their dynamic throughout the film was great. No, um, no. and yeah, to me, Elba damn near stole the show. Like he really killed it as fucking knuckles. Like yeah. just the right amount of gravitas with the voice and also just playing it so straight, which made everything he did so fucking funny. I liked how he was, you know, just a badass, but then in the end, you know, he gets to be part of Sonic's gang and he's like excited about sprinkles on the ice cream. He's like, I, I have just been informed there will be sprinkles. <laughs> just so ready to go about everything. I thought he was funny. Yeah. And this is the same guy that's beginning of everyone like fucking out. That was such a cool moment. When Sonic's like, all right, I'm going after you. And like, he comes over and he just holds his hand out and stops him. Yeah. Like mid run. He's all like, I don't need your power. He just fucking flings him. I love that the whole time behind him, Robotnik's like, yeah, that's what you get, Hedgehog. Like, he's just, like, he's got a, he's the hype man. Yeah, he's just eating popcorn. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Oh, I'm going to miss him. Uh, I hope his retirement doesn't last too long. I hope it's like a like a Harrison Ford or a Daniel Day-Lewis retirement. Well, did, did, do you see what the producer said about his role in Sonic? They said they won't recast it. 
yeah, they were like, you know, they're like, hey, we're going to honor him, you know, honor that if he decides to go through with it. So, like, so he did say he's thinking about it. It's not like a for, for sure thing. Um, I hope it's not. probably a for sure thing in his head. I think it's going to happen. Um, yeah. But they were like, hey, we're, not, we're definitely not recasting Robotnik, which I think is smart because I think even they know, like, we can't get anyone nearly as good as Jim Carrey to play this role. Like, we fucking won with Jim Carrey. Well, with our um, post credits tease, looks like we're getting a whole new bad guy for part three. Yeah, which yeah. Um, I'll get to that in a minute because I had a fucking yeah. huge audience reaction to that scene. Like, <laughs> huge. I had a pretty packed theater when I went. It was a huge audience, like, played the game's audience reaction on that scene. I um, know who that is, too, because, again, just seeing him on video game cases. So I was like, oh, cool. So I know about Shadow. Yeah. But I know the I, gist of Sonic the Hedgehog, I but I never played the games. When they did that scene, um, I couldn't hear the dialogue. Like, as soon as, like, Shadow popped up, literally my whole theater, it was like Spider-Man all over again, lost their fucking mind. Wow. And, like, I couldn't hear any more dialogue. And it was like, Shadow! Like, lost it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, see, this is what I'm talking like, Sorry, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to, like, why I'm glad we're finally in good video games movies. Because it's like, this is why the comic film adaptation is taking off so well, because you're treating it with respect. You're mm-hmm. treating the fans with respect. You're giving them what they want and getting them excited. Instead of making it seem like these video games are second rate, second nature, and that you're getting these people coming on board to make the films that don't give two shits. It gives you the product you get. Now with Sonic, we got people involved that like the games or game, they played the games or into the games and they want to do right and actually treat the fans with respect that we finally, I would say for probably the first time in video game movie adaptation history, got that kind of reaction just by yeah. showing shadow like that's fucking to me mind-blowing like finally a video game adaptation got that kind of reaction because they treat the fans with respect they're trying to you know give us a good movie and they're saying hey here's your tease for us to come we're bringing in uh fucking shadow motherfuckers for the next film <laughs> uh this movie has already grossed 141 mil on a budget of 90 mil so it's already a hit which is great uh bodes well for part three yeah which has already been confirmed to be in development so it's happening yeah i'm excited uh i thought it was we'll find out yeah as funny as it was i thought the whole fake wedding thing was kind of unnecessary yeah but, but i laughed which because i thought james marsden was really funny in those scenes <laughs> i need that ring it's like you know he's like i'm sorry about this and just punches him <laughs> and takes the ring <laughs> Oh, and which uh, fun little uh, fact I found out is the ringtone when Sonic kept calling him. Mm-hmm. That's the Sonic song theme song from the games. Apparently, I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, that they made it into the ringtone. So that was a little Easter egg. Um, I didn't like how he was like, "Oh, sorry, I thought I was on silent." And then it rings again. He's like, "Oh shit, sorry." <laughs> James Marsden honestly might be my favorite thing about these movies. He's he, I he's a great straight man up against Jim Carrey's just manic Robotnik. And I love when he's constantly just throwing sass at Robotnik. Yeah. He does not oh. give a shit. Yeah, when he, what was it? He was like Donut King or something like that. He's like, it's Donut Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fun. Um, I just like that James Barnett actually has screen time. He's been one of those actors that like, I feel is so fucking underrated. Because he always just gets like thrown in like this, like these quick little roles that are quickly forgotten. I'm like, the guy's a good actor. 
he got the shaft as Cyclops in the X-Men movies. I loved him, but he got nothing to do. He was just like the team leader and like, that's it. X-Men 2, he vanishes for most of the movie. He dies at the beginning of X-Men 3. It's like, fuck, Cyclops is such a big character and we got like no time with him. Yeah, so I'm just glad to see him being somewhere where he gets like some damn time. And then right. in Superman Returns, he's Lois Lane's rebound guy. So yeah, he just doesn't get any any time to shine. But this this time, like he really, I hope we got some new fans with this one. Yeah, I did like I did like especially in the first one because I actually think uh, the lady that plays his wife's sister, <laughs> I think she is so fucking funny in both movies. Yeah. Like her, their barbs between each other in the first one were cracking me up. When she like was, what was the song? And when she got the, the go-kart and was like, Oh, Barracuda. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. And she's going to fuck him up. Yeah. I love how she's like, I'm coming for you. <laughs> she steps out of the, out of the golf cart. It slams into the wedding, like venue area, just blows up. And she's just, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Their musical cues between that. And when they started playing fucking Pantera, um, walk by Pantera. I was like, did they really just put a Pantera song in this kids' movie? <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh, uh, yeah. It was. There's a lot of cool moments. I, 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 I wish it hadn't. It didn't have the uptown funk like dance off because that felt so fucking dated. It did. Already. I liked the joke at first when they were like terrified of what was going to happen. It was really just a dance off. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, Marsden and his wife, I forget their character, Donut Lord and his wife, are so willing to just take in these powerful aliens as, like, their kids. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, oh, okay. And then the government's just like, okay. <laughs> They're just like, we were wrong, our bad. Right? Oh, dude, the guy who played the government, the heroes, the leader of Gun was cracking, you know, it is, really? He's like, yes, Gun, I know. I love that they call him. They called him Olive Garden guy because of yeah. the the gift card at the end of the first movie. <laughs> he's like, "I'll be at the Olive Garden." Just <laughs> <laughs> that quick throwaway line. Hey, cancel my five o'clock at Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> I love the action sequences with. I, I think I like Knuckles' arc. Like he goes from kind of an intimidating villain to actually realizing he's on the wrong side of this and helping Sonic and Tails fight Robotnik. I, I like that. Yeah, it's a good arc. I like that, and I like that they don't fucking skimp on again. And this again, again, this is what I'm talking about with like getting people that actually like the fucking games to make the movie. They did not skimp on like prepping, like really setting up the two times that Sonic and Knuckles duke it out. Like the leader, they did a good job of like. For, I'm sure, like again, I'm a casual Sonic fan. I'm not. I played a couple of games here and there. Um, but I'm sure for longtime fans, I'm sure that was like a big thing, like such a big deal to see that happen. And like, I mean, yeah, the first one, the house, like I said, the whole like, I actually remember doing the, when I went to go see Spider Man, they played the Sonic trailer. I remember when that scene popped up and, you know, he holds him back and the crowd lost their fucking mind. Like, oh, you know, like that's, you know, it's fucking knuckles, right? That was a great fight scene. The whole thing in the temple, like the way they were doing it, it again, like, Finally, kind of like comic movies get that respect when we get these cool moments now. Yeah. And we're seeing, seeing it here when you see that second fight scene, they are having moments where they are like showing you like Sonic fucking getting more powerful and getting ready to go in and fuck him up. Knuckles is going in and fucking like it was a 
badass fight scene. It it was. It was cool. Uh, I love when Knuckles like thinks Robotnik's gonna attack him with the robots, and he's like, "I will unleash my fury upon these." Oh wait, there's stairs. Yeah. Oh wait. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> he shakes his hand. That's he sh- that's how he thinks a handshake is. He squeezes everybody's hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I did. I I liked Knuckles at the end after like Sonic's gold. And the and uh, James Mars and his wife getting ready to go. And he's like, no, no, he's not the Sonic, you know. And then, like the hot dog comes out and hits him in the face. It's like, nope, never mind. He's the same old Sonic. He summons a chili dog. Yeah, <laughs> I I like that they did the suit. I think he's what Super Sonic, right? Something like that. I forget what it's called, but yeah. Yeah, let me confirm that. I don't want to piss off any Sonic the Hedgehog fans. It is right. Super Sonic. Okay. okay, he absorbs the Chaos Emeralds, and then becomes Super Sonic. And that yeah. was. Cool. Yeah, and again, right, just having that respect to fans and making that such a big moment in the movie for fans. Like, the way he just, like, lifts the fucking boot up. Especially after Jim Carrey's like, I finally got him! Like, he's having his moment. And he just, the boot gets thrown up. And the way they did that when he just comes up and, like, blocks the fucking hand. Yeah. And I was like, even I was going, oh, shit, he's all fuck him up. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. It definitely felt like, you know, this was the Sonic movie that fans have been waiting for. Like the first one was a good setup, but this was like the big one. Yeah. The first one felt like, okay, look, we, we, we have this history of terrible video game adaptations. We want to do this right, but we have to set it. They did what they were supposed to do. Let's do it right, but we got to set things up to get people excited. Yes. So they said, keep it simplistic, put in the characters, do the Easter eggs, but keep it simplistic for the first film. And that's what they did. And they, it worked. They got people to latch on quickly and be like, Oh, we like this. Give us more. We want. We actually want more of this. Critics were even on board. On board and like, yeah, we like this. And they said, okay, cool. We got you. Now for the sequel, let's go all in. Because we can now. We've set things up. Let's go all in. Let's fucking do this and that. And it sounds like based off the success of this, even before it came out, they're going all in even more with Sonic 3 and the Knuckles spinoff that they're doing on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, Knuckles is getting his own movie? Uh, I think it's a movie or a TV show. I think I won't say a show, but it's serious. It's on a spinoff show. I think Oba definitely coming back to voice Knuckles. And Are there, Knuckles. Does Sonic have any other bad guys besides Robotnik, or is it always Robotnik? I want to say always Robotnik, but <laughs> they may have added characters that I don't remember um, That's true. recently. Most of my song knowledge, like I said, is based off a couple of the games I played, and I did watch the show here and there. They had a cartoon back in the day, and I would watch that. But I want to say it's mostly Robotnik. But I mean, the fact with the what they set up, they can easily do Sonic Three without having Robotnik. Yeah, it's not like they can't, you know, create some original characters or something. I mean, DC's doing that with their fucking superhero films, so why can't they? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, eight out of ten. I really, I'm, I really like these films. I'm enjoying these. Uh, I'm looking forward to Part Three. Yeah, same. Um, eight out of ten. Really glad. I, you know, happy that somehow Sonic was the film that said, "Hey, video game adaptation films can be good if you do it right." And just glad that they're keeping that momentum going. Glad to see that in its wake, we're getting a lot of great adaptations finally now out of it. Um, there's a lot of movies that have been announced are actually going forward because of it. Um, you know, Netflix is going hard on their TV shows because of it. So we're. You know, thanks to Sonic, we are finally in an age of like good adaptations. You know, you get the HBO Last of Us coming out. 
um, just good stuff on the way. Um, yeah, I really like I really like DC films. I cannot wait for three. I cannot wait for the Michael spinoff. Yeah, same. This is uh, this is fun. I love when I get to you know kind of embrace a new franchise. Doesn't happen often because I've seen so much, <laughs> so much. But you know, I, this this escaped me, and now now I got it. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. If you like. Yeah, you got kids, go go let them go see Sonic. I know from what I saw in my audience, there was a lot of families in there, and the kids were very happy with the movie they got. I when I went to the theater, there was a group of kids, uh, like a, you know, a mom and like four kids just waiting outside with me. But then when I when the theater opened, they didn't come in, they didn't go in, and I didn't see them, so like they weren't there to see Sonic. So I'm thinking, like, what do they see? I hope it's not Batman, they're gonna get freaked out. Well, she wanted to go take them to go see ambulance. <laughs> She's like, "This is mommy's time," and she she wants she wants to see Michael Bay. Yeah, she wants to see her man shake John Holland's big screen. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Sonic is yeah. I'm very very happy. It's some fun little family film, you know. Yes, uh, that was fun. Got to cover four films today. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you like the show. You can always follow us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions, where you can send us uh, feedback or you know film suggestions. Same with uh, our email, filmgasm at gmail.com. Check out our website, filmgasm.com, where we've got all our episodes as well as uh, reviews, articles, and whatnot. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can click on support this podcast, send us a donation, and uh, we appreciate it. Next week... We've got the next Wizarding World adventure with Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, as well as the promising Netflix horror flick, Choose or Die. Uh, hope it's a good weekend. My expectations are fairly low. Uh, kind of tired of this, uh, but I'm looking forward to Choose or Die. Yeah, in a weird turn of events, I could absolutely care less about Fantastic Beasts 3, but Choose or Die looks good. So, you know what? Netflix, don't fucking disappoint me because I'm... I'm Going for you this weekend. <laughs> yep. God damn it. Um, don't miss Hook on Wednesday's Filmgasm. Nothing but Trouble on Friday's Beyond the Bad. And Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 on Oscar Sunday. Have a great week. Keep watching movies. <laughs>